G'day, welcome back to Cosmic Conduits. Today's episode will be about judgment, insecurity, expectations, and self-righteousness. These are heavy-weighted topics. These things can suck you deep into the earth, or they can liberate you if you see them with the correct perspective. They're almost ingrained into us. Every single one of these things, in some way, shape, or form, is ingrained into us. So... Let's open them up one at a time. Yeah, totally. It, it is our responsibility, I believe, to unpack these tendencies within ourselves in order to experience a greater sense of contentment and positivity and peace. Mm, mm. Because I personally have been met with all of these qualities within myself and it sure as hell ain't bringing me peace. No, the opposite. Yeah, I've been quite reactive, quite triggered, Mm. Um, I've been behaving, you know, naughty, naughty. I've been naughty. <laughs> Smack. <laughs> it's funny when you really look at the source of judgment and then you think to yourself in nature, it's basically as simple as I will choose this mate over this mate or this banana over that banana. Cause that one looks more or less right, but whatever judgment comes from a good place. And from one perspective, it's important. How do you know which avocado is the ripest? Well, you've got to make a judgment call. But you don't need to mentally or even verbally comment on that person's hair walking by if you do or don't like it, or especially if you don't like it. Because what's, what's that serving you? This is really interesting because when is it, when, when do you know that you're falling into the type of judgment that is negative? Because there is, oh my God, I love her hair. And then, oh my God, I hate her hair. And is saying that I love it okay, but that I don't is not? It's the same. It's two sides of the same coin. Though, obviously better to focus on the positive, depending on your personality type and what you like to focus on. Though I would say that feeding one is feeding the other. Mm. Because if you train yourself to see something and respond, you invite an opportunity for that to have in a negative context as well. So as Eckhart Tolle would say, no need to mentally label things, just experience them. You know, if you want to stop someone on the street and say, Hey, I really love your hair. It's beautiful. That's that spreads positivity. That's that that's from a place of love. That's great. Do that. That's not judgment though, because that's communication. Yeah, I love that. Uh, breaking the cycle of judgment through mm. communication. That's yeah. beautiful. It could oh, be yeah. as simple as, oh my God, I love her hair in my head and then giving her a smile as she walks by. There you go. Just expressing the positivity that I felt towards her. Mm-hmm. That, that's really cool. I dig that. And on, on the flip side, I've really been checking myself with the negativity mm. because... I understand, everybody understands on an intellectual level that we should not be judging others Mm. and that gossip and bitching and talking about people unnecessarily doesn't serve us in any great way. Mm. But I personally have realized that I really need to check myself with how far it goes and how deeply ingrained it is and how I can overlook certain types of judgment for, oh yeah, but that's not a big deal. Yeah. Because to me, those little are that 
it's not a big deals are becoming bigger deals now mm. because this habit of judgment is still ingrained within my psyche. And you're seeing it from different angles and it's revealing itself. Even those little things are now big things from what you're saying. So it's funny how when you notice one, when you make a conscious choice to notice one judgment, how you, how you realize you're almost plagued with them. Everyone, including myself. Yes. And it's this battle that everyone's <laughs> fighting against. And I think the only way through it is to actually first and foremost become properly aware mm. and it can hurt you when you realize how <laughs> yes it can and it does how much yeah for example one of the clearest examples for me personally is i'm constantly trying to um handle my road rage and overcome my road rage mm -hmm. and i've gone through a lot of different strategies and a lot of different mentalities towards you know, lessening that experience. Mm -hmm. But recently what's really been highlighted for me is the judgment is coming into the road rage where instead of raging at someone in inside of my head, I'm looking at them and then I'm just saying, oh, they just blah, 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 blah. And oh, it's juicy. so ugly. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, Danica, yeah. where did that come from? Like that is properly ugly stuff. So these really warped judgments, mm. which I don't even necessarily personally relate to, yeah. seep into seemingly non-related aspects of my life mm. in order to just wiggle their fingers at me and just be like, hey, I'm here. Mm. And when I see them and witness them, I'm like, oh, Danica, you have got a lot of work to do, you know, <laughs> because... In tackling the road rage, I have to tackle the judgment where mm. I am judging somebody else for driving the way that they're driving. Yeah. And it's just bullshit because what I'm learning, I'm doing culture diversity and health in, in um, university right now. And we are yeah. looking at diversity and different people's personal experiences and how everybody's experience currently is derived from their social and cultural factors accumulated across a lifetime. And so... Every time I judge someone in the present moment, I am completely disregarding a lifetime of their experiences, their yeah. traumas, their conditioning, their parents' choices, their parents' parents' choices, their mm -hmm. socioeconomic mm -hmm. status, their oh health. So that, many factors. So many factors that it's I don't insane. know about. And yeah. so I am shutting down my ability to think critically and instead functioning on a really superficial level, which is making me to myself look dumb and mean <laughs> <laughs> and just silly. Yeah. Isn't it funny how when you catch your judgments out as thoughts, they now put on a different disguise and now they're evil looks. And rather than murdering them with a thought in your brain, you're going giving them death you're going and giving them death stares <laughs> and, and it's interesting how that judgment comes out as the action again mm, like mm. like we talked about before it's the communication element mm. of the judgment oh that's a good point yeah. yeah totally and it has to be communicated in some way so i guess if you don't give them the evil eye you're going to store that communication within your body and then how is it going to come out, come out later you take if it out on someone else you're going to take it out on someone else yeah. or yourself yeah so what's a healthy way to bypass maybe you taking it out on yourself or somebody else but also not death stare the dude or <laughs> scream at them out the window or bang on your steering wheel what is the healthy way that's a really great question because that is in the process towards 
lessening my judgment. Mm. It's not as easy as I need to stop judging people. It mm. is okay. I've judged. Mm. Am I going to hate myself for it? Am I going to take it out on them? Or am, mm. I, am I going to channel that somewhere else yeah. so that I can move on and choose perhaps next time not to judge or handle my own judgment a little bit better? Mm. I don't have an answer for that. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. Um, so I guess what you're saying is transmutation, really. Take take that and do something with that energy yeah. so that it doesn't blow up in your face or in someone else's face or come out in a relationship or something. And, and that's something that I need to be better at doing as well, uh, recognizing that I am carrying stuff with me in my body. So what can I do? I can shake it off. I can sing, you know, blast my metal and mm. just sing while I'm driving mm. or, you know, sometimes we like to ohm when we drive om. Yeah. So just ohm it out or something, but just <laughs> shift works. it. Yeah. Shift so it, we're man. not directing it towards the other, but we're not self-inflicting it. We're just Either. transmuting it, just yes. releasing it and getting the fuck rid of it. Yeah, cool. I'm going to try that. <laughs> I'll make more of an emphasis on doing that because I do already know that I can. I just choose not to. Mm. But how can we choose not to judge? How do we really rewrite, re- rewrite and rewire these judgmental patterns? So this is the ultimate source of the problem is, is well, now you made the decision I don't want to be judgmental. Now now you have to hit the source of the problem, which is your brain is actually responding to something so quickly before you have the chance to intellectualize and see the situation as it is. And I think I think a part of even being able to tackle the judgment is you start to realize it's getting thrown back in your face. When you spend all of this time judging other people, what's really helped me understand the toxicity of judgment is when I recognize that other people are judging me. When Mm. I experience judgment or I even, maybe they're not judging me, but I think that people are judging me and I'm fearing judgment. And that's how it starts to seep in for me. It's like, wait a second, bitch, what's going on here? Mm. So the more I am in that story of judgment, the more I experience it because the more I put out, the more that comes back. Mm. It's the world showing me, hey, you need to work on this. And what you focus on is going to come back to you. If you're focusing on judging other people, then judgment will become a theme prevalent in your life. Absolutely. And it hurts. (laughs) It doesn't feel good. You don't want that. No. And that's what I've realized. Okay. I am judging this person for driving like a maniac. You know who else does that? Me? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Okay. I'm judging, I don't know, for example, this person for being lazy who, you know, who else procrastinates me. So what, what I'm starting to ask myself is when a judgmental thought comes up, what am I observing in this other person that I am claiming not to like that I don't like about myself? And there it is. That's the source of the problem. Absolutely. It comes down to you. It's all inside you. It comes down to what you dislike in yourself. Wow. That's a great revelation. That's really genuinely what judgment is. Yeah, I, I, I believe so. Because if you felt complete peace and contentment and you felt that you had, you know, you felt accomplished and mm. ultimately achieved all the time, yep. you, would, you wouldn't look at other people like with a, with a sense of lack mm-hmm. because you'd be so full within yourself that whatever you observe as unacceptable 
wouldn't stand out to you because you're you're so happy within yourself that you carry this aura of positivity so you would only see the best in people you probably only experience the best of them too because you're exuding this energy of positivity which they will then respond to Mm. you could even argue that you won't even encounter situations like that anymore yeah yeah and i know i know it's true because <laughs> jesse says it to me all the time he's like you're manifesting this like yeah. when he sees crazy stuff on the road and and i <laughs> i can completely attest to it when i'm in my shit all the it, it's it's like catch this, every green catch yeah, yeah no when i'm in my shit i'll get every oh, red. So uh, other way <laughs> this morning i wasn't i wasn't necessarily raging and i wasn't necessarily angry but i was conscious of time because mm. i had to be somewhere at a certain time and mm. i couldn't shake this oh my god i might be late oh my god i might be late and i got every fucking red light but when i am cruising and i'm feeling good and i'm enjoying the drive nothing gets in my way nothing stops me and just look out for it man if you haven't observed it within yourselves as listeners, pay attention. Pay attention. Yeah. It's very interesting. <laughs> I'll take that one step further and say, now that you have the source of the problem there, you can go and look at the habitual subconscious reactive part of it where it's thing or situation happens and then judgment occurs. So one thing I like to do is after a triggering situation comes up, I like this from Ramdas, Take a deep breath. Don't even let the thought in. Catch that moment. That in, And that moment might be a split second. It might be a whole second. It might be five seconds. The goal is to catch that moment with a deep breath. Mm. And then what you're doing is you're training your body not to have the instantaneous reaction. And the more you do this, the more that moment goes from being non-existent to half a second to five seconds to 10 minutes to not occurring. And that's helped me a lot. That, that is certainly what got me over road rage. Now I have the fucking best time driving. <laughs> <laughs> Driving's a joy. He has too much of a good time. Makes me angry. <laughs> but look, I cruise. <laughs> I have heard that advice. I've heard it from Ramdas. Uh-huh. I've heard it from people quoting Ramdas. I've listened to it over and over. Mm. And it is so brilliant because Ramdas at the core is a scientist yeah. and he's addressing the physiology first yeah. because that creates a state of panic in our body and that, that we respond to as reactivity. But if you can take that deep breath, you're tapping into your parasympathetic nervous system which is calming things down in your physiology it's all the chemicals are like ah i can chill out now (laughs) and then and then you don't have that tendency to react you don't have the inkling to react and so i love that i think if i think that could solve so many problems oh my god and i find that really really difficult to choose Mm. and this is this is where the true observation of your own self-discipline and self-control comes in and your own self-reflection because sometimes i have that opportunity to choose to take either the breath or to react and i choose to react instead you have the opportunity you're saying well actually i've been cultivating it because i'm aware of this right so i've really been trying (laughs) i've really been trying and so more often the place that i seem to be in at least maybe before the last few weeks okay Mm. but more recently where i seem to be in is where I, I, I can see, Danica, your buttons are being pushed right now. Here's your opportunity. Are you going to play this one out well? Or are, you, are you going to lose your shit? And as soon as that <laughs> thought's finished, rah, 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 like I lose my shit. I just like. <laughs> oh my God. So it's, 
Uh, it's, I mean, you got to really, you got to push that wedge in. You got to be mm. like, no, I'm not going to default back mm. to my old programming. Yeah. I am going to choose better. And so actually two days ago, again, the triggering mm. situation came up or a triggering situation came up and I actually did choose to take the breath and I chose to keep my voice quiet and calm Mm -hmm. and I chose to articulate my words and my thoughts as clearly as I possibly could and the other person started reacting and I I saw my voice react and respond and then slowly calmed it back down again and so you it's something that it's so much easier said than done especially Mm. when you're wired to react and react hard Mm. but you just have to keep revisiting it and what helps Have is to. yeah what helps is taking time throughout the day particularly in the morning to breathe deeply mm-hmm. so that that pattern's constantly being reinforced take deep breaths take deep breaths every yeah. day take yeah. deep breaths Good so point. yeah yeah thing that helps me in particular is writing things on my hand i'll write letters on my hand i've never told anyone this i write letters on my hand that symbolize a phrase and that phrase will be my daily mantra and those letters the one I've been using recently is H N M W happy no matter what. Mm. So I'll say to myself, okay, Jesse H and M W and I'll be on my thumb. Or it'll be like just above my thumb in that little nook there. That way when I'm typing at a desk or something, sorry, the anatomical snuff box, the anatomical snuff box, use the correct terminology, please. Oh, God, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right there. I'm a snuff box. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see my hand typing and then suddenly something will happen or I'll hear something or want to react to something. And before I can react, I'll be looking in the direction of my hand. And just having that there, that helps me cultivate a state of, no, hang on a sec. I told myself that just for today, no matter fucking what happens, just for today, I'm happy no matter what. It's just that simple. Happy no matter what. And that's something I started doing maybe about three months ago and I choose days for it because sometimes I'm feeling fine and I don't need it but sometimes I know I didn't sleep well last night this particular issue or situation is getting to me a little bit now I'm not content with my progress on x project so I'm more likely to be on edge a bit so then I'll write it on my hand and that's me constantly reminding myself a hundred times a day on my commitment to joy and happiness That's one way that I really recommend. I really like that. And what I liked most about that is the fact that you took note of when you are more likely to be reactive Mm. on. So on a certain day, I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling stressed already. I should set myself up for as good of a day as I Mm -hmm. possibly can. I I think that's really cool. And to all of you listening, you can probably hear who's a little further along with their peace and harmony in this (laughs) relationship. (laughs) (laughs) We both have our things. Um, But it's for me personally, I think it's wearing my little like protective stone amulet type of thing or this piece of jewelry that I think is just absolutely gorgeous. It's like, it's gorgeous. When I, I can put see this it. It's on, amazing. Yeah. When I put this on, I am choosing to feel good. Um, you know, if Beautiful. Someone, so you have the association with that necklace. That's it. And so when I'm Impeccable. wearing it, I don't want to be reactive because I want to align with what I've chosen to wear and represent mm. myself with on that day. The other thing I find really helpful for judgment is to try and turn off mental labeling. So imagine your mind has an off button. 
and you can switch it off whenever you need. So for example, when I walk past a tree, I don't have to go, that's a tree, but my brain will do it anyway. And the problem with that is how many useless thoughts I'm having a day, thousands of thoughts that are not serving me in any, in any way. They're just observing things and then thinking them again after I've observed them. Such a waste of energy. Yeah, I, I, I had to reflect on that for a few moments because it really is like that where your senses are picking up on something and your brain processes them instantly. Mm. And then you have that thought that has to reaffirm what you've already seen. Right. And it's like, yeah, I've seen this beautiful tree and my body has reacted to it positively because that color is an association of beauty for me. But do I need to go ahead and say, oh my God, what a beautiful tree in my own head. Or can I just trust that my physiology has already spoken that for me? You should absolutely trust that your physiology speaks that for you. You should absolutely. And that's that would bypass the thought. And then if you think about thoughts are energy, right? They're electrical signals. So if you think about how many electrical signals are happening unnecessarily, can you imagine the peace of mind and equanimity you would have if you didn't have to label something right after you experienced it? Mm, that's really cool. I'm going to use that one. <laughs> so judgment as an experience is a mirror for aspects of yourselves or ourselves that we are not feeling super comfortable with. That we reject in some way. Yeah, yes. totally. Um, and I would like to look deeper into that. So there's, there's a deeper issue mm. at play there and it is the issue that judgment stems from. Mm. And this is the issue of insecurity. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> because if I'm judging someone's weight, obviously my own weight has been on my mind. Yeah. Why am course. I why am I fixated on someone else's experience of existence unless I have been fixating on it? On that element within you. On that element of 100%. myself. 100%. Yeah. yeah. You can argue that negative judgments pretty much stem from insecurity. You can argue that every single thing you've ever been insecure about is something you notice in people almost first and foremost, i.e. if you're insecure about your eyebrows. Well, one of the first things you'll notice in someone's face is their eyebrows. And it's a weird thing that we do. But insecurity is at its source. And in that sense, it is our responsibility to turn the gaze back towards ourselves because this is not about the other person and their weight or their hair or the way that they drive. This is about me and the way that I am feeling about myself. And you're using the other person to show you how you're feeling about yourself or as, as, as a mirror of yourself rather. So yeah, always turn it on yourself. You'll notice that naturally that's what starts to happen. Naturally, when you become aware of insecurity, naturally you'll say, oh, that person's awfully overweight. And then you'll say to yourself, hang on a second. Are you, are you, Jesse, are you comfortable with your own weight? Are you happy with your own body? Well, the answer is no to some extent because I wouldn't have had that thought if I was. It's so true. And, and that's the thing. When I am feeling crap about myself, I create this situation in which I am seeing them and then I'm seeing myself mm. and I'm fixating on this 
them and me, me and them. I am creating a separation between us and I am comparing the two. Mm. And that in itself is such a vicious cycle because it leads to the next few topics that we are going to talk about, which we won't get into now, but we will get into soon, which is this, you know, this expectation and the sense of self-righteousness. Mm. That's where it stems from. Where When you're separating yourself and you're comparing yourself and you're picking and choosing who is better. Mm. But it's not about that. And and coming into presence means separating yourself both from your own narrative and the narrative of another. That's where right. it's just, we are both experiencing this moment. And again, this moment is constructed by our past experiences. So it's not about what we look like and how we behave in this moment. It's about how we take or where we take it from this point forwards. Yeah. And so there's never this, there's never a point on fixating on the observations, on the insecurities. Fixating, I think, will lead you to a comparison complex where suddenly everything you see, you're comparing yourself against and complex because it's recurring, right? So yeah, the, the fixation is if it happens once or twice, it's a, I suppose it's not so bad, but if it's a, a thing you generally do with almost every element of your life then yeah dude you got a complex and you gotta you gotta work on that and social media just perpetuates it man so fucking hard as an artist as a fitness Mm. instructor it's just i mean as everything else as well it's just there's this constant i'm seeing them and then i'm (laughs) seeing me and i'm seeing the way i do me versus the way i see them and even and you're right this is why even judging someone as doing something really really well and putting them on a pedestal Mm. can be dangerous because then how are you seeing yourself because whether you're labeling it as good or bad you are still choosing who is bad and who is good in this scenario. (laughs) And you don't get to play God like that. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is on the spectrum of existence. It's another variable in the mechanism that is, you know, the random simulator of experience. And we can't (laughs) judge experience because there's going to be the fattest person in the world and there's going to be the skinniest person in the world and there's Mm. going to be the richest and the poorest and everything on every spectrum of existence so why does it matter where we sit and where they sit it's got nothing to do with it doesn't your brain thinks it does sometimes but it doesn't but that leads me to a question actually do you think there's a healthy way to use comparison rather than it become a complex that sort of takes over you and naturally (laughs) i guess keep i guess traps you i think that if you can observe this is what i've been doing i've been observing that comparison complex come up even the judgment Mm. now it it still comes up because Mm. i'm still rewriting that 25 26 years of programming yeah but when it comes up i'm like all right cool let's go what are we looking at here danica let's bring it straight back to the Mm. self straight away in this moment (laughs) what aspect of yourself are you not happy with Mm. okay is it your productivity okay let's have a look at productivity what's going wrong here oh you feel like you haven't been productive why and and is it because you're fatigued you're overworked you're underfueled what is it Mm. okay then let's tend to those variables let's fuel up let's rest let's enjoy Mm. ourselves or do you have the capacity to create more okay cool let's go in that direction instead Mm. let's see if we can do something that is going to make you feel better about yourself so then you don't again 
fall into judgment and comparison and insecurity. And so if you can bring it back to the self in a constructive way and, and then, so we can judge ourselves for judging, right? So I could judge myself. Oh my God, you had a judgmental thought again. You stupid bitch. Oh my God, you're feeling secure yeah. again. Oh my God, you're so pathetic. No, I'm not going to keep judging yeah. that. It's stop like, oh damn. Yeah, stop the cycle. Okay, I'm feeling insecure. Cool. My physiology is in fluctuation. The chemicals inside of my body are doing their little wave dance. So mm. let me see if I can bring myself into a greater state of harmony. It's a little, it's a little gentle siren that's pinging off inside of your head. And so it's an opportunity to tend to your needs. Mm -hmm. And so for me, what's been really helping is moving my body, shaking my hips, going for a run, eating something nutritious, taking a break, stretching it out. These are the things that I have been doing, which really, really helps in order to, and this helps me come into a place of acceptance of, yeah, I judged them. And then, yeah, I judged myself, but I moved past it. And I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to go there again. I love that. One thing that's been helping me is remembering that I only judge someone when I'm unhappy with myself in some way. So I love what you did there where the thought happens and you kind of take it into the ring with you and you put your gloves on. You're like, okay, thought, bring it on. Where are you from? Why are you here? What the fuck do you want from me? Break it down. And then once you've figured out its source, then you go and tend to yourself as if it only arose from yourself because of some state of disharmony, whether it's physiologically or mentally or emotionally, you find it, you source it out, you pinpoint it, and then you And then you move from, on. Yeah, and that's the thing. Instead yeah. of staying fixated on your own self, then you go and action your life in a way that keeps the energy flowing. It's like mental boxing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but but how does every match end respectfully? You mm-hmm. got to shake hands with your opponent. And be That's like, right. Cool. Who won this time round? I learned from it. Either way. Either way, yeah. you, you don't really lose. You just win or learn. Yeah. And I love that. It's beautiful. So what's been coming up for me personally in addressing my own judgment is okay. I'm releasing judgment towards self and other, but then I met with this expectation where okay, I'm not judging you, but there's a part of me that expects people to be good so Mm. it's like cool i'm not judging you but but then i get frustrated if they're still acting shitty you expect them to be as self-reflecting or as conscious as you are in whatever way as as less reactive as you are or would be in that situation you expect better of people that for me is the issue that's reared its head. And that's one that I'm really, really challenged by. That's a difficult one. And I've dealt with that a lot, especially recently. And that one can plague you because you keep replaying this stupid cycle of why won't they just understand? And how come they can't see it through this perspective? And, you know, if they just realize that this is coming from this trauma, then maybe they would have more awareness and yada, yada, yada. And, and, I'm, and I'm trying not to judge them, but then they act shitty. And how can, how can I be expected not to judge, me, <laughs> exactly. judge them then? You know, it's exactly. It's, and it's Told interesting you. that, okay, it's like universe is like, cool. All right. You're overcoming judgment. Now let me throw this situation in your face and mm. see if you can still tackle the judgment. But then, of course, the expectation comes in and then I guess the expectation is still a form of judgment, but but it, not quite. It? Yeah, it seems to me like an evolved version of judgment where you've had a, you've had a judgment, you've said person shouldn't do this because of X, Y, Z. And then person goes and does that and it shatters your expectation because you didn't expect them to do that. And then now, not only was your judgment surpassed, but your assumption and your hope for their better 
humaneness, if that's a word, Google that later, will uh, surpass the situation, but it doesn't. That it's, it's difficult because, yeah, you're, you're confronted with this person acting the way that they're acting. You choose not to judge them because you understand that they are a product of their society, environment, yada, yada. And then they continue to act in a way that hurts or triggers you or makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. And then they're challenging your expectation because you're, you're wondering shit, why can't they just choose better? And so what do we, what do we do with that expectation? What do you do? It's like, okay, I can smile and act nice and be accepting. I accept, I accept the way that you are, but they're going to keep acting shitty. And at some point it's going to get to me. And that's the thing I, I I'm finding that in the moment when I'm having these conversations, I'm, acting really lovingly and I'm, I'm getting along and I'm accepting and I'm just, I'm just looking past the stuff that doesn't feel good or look good to me. But I noticed that when I walk away from these conversations, I am left with this feeling of hurt and heaviness because again, it's not what I expected. They still didn't give me what I feel that I needed. Mm. And I think there's something in that. Feel that I needed. Break that one down for me. So, I mean, because that's the expectation. Right? That is the expectation. Because this person acted shitty. Okay, I understand why they're acting shitty. But then I'm still, you know, I'm choosing to have this conversation with them. So I'm acting, you know, I'm controlling my rage. I'm not being judgmental. I'm using my self-reflective mechanisms to the nth degree. I'm doing everything in my power to be better. And then I walk away just thinking, why do, why do I get to choose? Why do I have to choose to be better, but they don't? Or, or why do I have to continue to experience the worst of that? Yeah, totally. And and that's why I feel like I didn't get what I needed because I maybe it's didn't get what I deserve because do I deserve better? It depends if it's continuous. I, I would assume if someone's continually being a dick or it's just blatantly, um, what's the word, not giving you the time of day that you need. Well, some people are not being dicks. They're just unaware. That's right. And that's that's the expectation thing. We cannot expect everybody to self-reflect in the way that we do. Mm. That's a hard one for me, man. That's a really tricky one. Talk about it. That's I definitely hear. That's definitely my trigger because I tend to always see the best in people and... I've had situations in my past at college where people have said, I've said one person's come up a conversation. I'm like, yeah, they're awesome. They're so down to earth and just such a great player and just such an awesome human, really got along with them well. And then they'll say something about them that perhaps I noticed but didn't fixate on. And they'll bring it out as if it's something that should be held against them because it's a bad quality. And I won't formulate my judgment based off someone else's opinion. And I won't even think differently of the person. But what I will do is next time I'm with that person, I will notice, oh, maybe are they like this? If it comes up, I won't go looking for it, which is important. Don't go looking for it. Otherwise, you're just looking to be disappointed. Then you probably have that attitude of misery because (laughs) you're constantly trying to find ways that the universe disappoints you. But I will just spend time with them as normal and I'll try and notice if it's there naturally. And if it is there naturally, then it's almost like a glass shattering moment where you had this expectation of them. And now it's like, oh, no, but they're an X and there's always a noun there. I don't like labeling people as nouns, but it happens. And 
the thing I find most difficult is when it's someone close to you or someone whose values you relatively align with. And then something will happen and the situation will be treated in a way that's almost negligent, emotionally negligent. Then you will be left with this void in yourself <laughs> as, do I tell them? Do I not tell them? Do I accept? How long is it going to take? Okay, I accept. Okay, I've spent 10,000 med hours meditating on it and I still accept, but I'm still hurt. So... The expectation created the hurt. Why did I have that expectation? It's interesting because like you said, the glass shatters. The glass shatters and you no longer get to see the image that you constructed of them in your mind. I think that's what this is about. Where where We're the type of people who see the good in people. We choose to see the good in people or we see the potential in them. And that's something that I have really had to check myself on. Am I, am I upset because this person didn't live up to the potential that I see within them? Because potential is something that is yet to be realized or yet to be experienced. Mm. It's, it's a future-based term. It's not real. It's yeah. not real. It's not the now. <laughs> yeah. And so how dare I interact with someone based on what I think they can potentially be instead of accepting That's them. That's a good point. Yeah, where they're Has at. Has that happened to you? Yes, all the fucking time oh, God. not all the fucking time i've i've, I've but you've no noticed it a lot i've noticed it even um in 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 the past when i was younger in terms of um romantic interests you mm -hmm. know people who are interested in being with i, I noticed that and i think it's a, a very common tendency for young people particularly young girls perhaps where we fall in love with this romanticized view of this person in front of us oh yeah and I've then and then we put up with so much shit emotional abuse physical abuse i never put up with that personally but i see it i've witnessed it but people mm. stick with them and everyone says well why do you stick with them or why are you still hanging around why don't you just leave them and it's like oh because they've got this side of them and that side of them and like you stay for what they could be you stay for what you think they have deep inside of themselves that they may one day embrace and embody more cohesively but that ain't what's happening now and we need right. to again address what is happening in the now reality check it all reality check it all i think at the end especially in like especially in relationships comes down to is the, are the ups worth the downs and once you've asked yourself that question whether it's consciously or subconsciously and you've gone no they're not worth the downs then time to go man move on I think that's really great advice even with these situations in which we you're, you're having conversations with someone and the expectation is doesn't doesn't meet the reality mm. and you, you think to yourself like am I the dick for expecting something better of this person and I think that's a cool question to ask yourself then well is this worth what you're feeling right now is it worth the confusion is it worth the confrontation and for me personally when it comes to in particular family mm. you know mm. even with my parents we all trigger each other all the time not all the time but that's that's what family's there for half the bloody time you know so yeah. and the the downs are worth i mean the ups are worth the down and and you're going to see your family so often that a lot of the time they're not going to be at their best and therefore they will undermine your expectations or they will not meet your expectations and you just you have to know that okay cool they're having their day they're in their stuff and i need to be accepting of that that's a good point actually because one thing that's been helping me cope with expectations or expectations of something or some situation not turn out the way i want it to be one thing that's been helping me is 
sort of radical acceptance where I'll, 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 I'll bounce back with, you know what? Why are you letting your perception of the situation, how, how the situation could be, affect your state of well-being? What a hilarious correlation to make because then your state of well-being is subject to change constantly more than you have control of and if your emotions are that fluctuating well you got to argue are you choosing those emotions or are they coming back to you because of a wiring issue or is it something that you could if you here's here's the way I'll, i'll phrase it actually if you could choose your emotions what would they be and how do you get to a place where those are your emotions? So, i.e., I'm anxious and worried. Why am I worried? I don't want to be worried. I'd rather be happy and content. So, how do I take this emotion, emotion A, uh, anxiousness and feeling worried, and transmute it into emotion B? I call that mental alchemy. Well, that's kind of what it is. I didn't call it that. Someone else did. <laughs> And then what are the steps I need to take in order to get there? But you can do that in any situation in which you're feeling a negative emotion. You should do that in yeah. any situation. Don't ignore the emotion. Don't don't completely bypass it and say, actually, I was a dick and now I'm just going to bypass that. No, you've got to reflect first. Do lots of reflection. But if you find yourself, and talking to myself here as well, if you find yourself stuck in the loop of it, well, then come back to what do I, what, what do I want to be feeling? How do I do that? Now that I've thought everything out and I've come back full circle and going back into the circle would only negatively affect me. How do I choose my next emotion? Mm, I, I, I think that especially is easier said than done because I find, I, I, I guess I do get stuck in the loops where when I have been confronted by a situation in which somebody has not met my expectations, for example, I ex- expected them to act civil and they haven't. I walk away from that feeling shitty but unable to extract myself from what just occurred. And I perhaps will dwell on it for a period of time because I do question just, just why, why did I have to experience that? And why did the other person have to behave like that? Because I guess, I guess there's this element of confusion, but then I guess you're choosing again, not to think critically in just being like, because they don't self-reflect in the same way that you do, bitch, come on, because they don't have the capacity to hold that headspace right now, because maybe that's how they normally are. But today they had a migraine. You have no idea. Mm. And so it's interesting because I, I think, again, you can't get stuck in the other you need to keep coming back to the self. And I, and I think that's that's step one to, okay, mm. fine. I accept that this is an issue with myself and not with them. Yes. I will then choose yes. to feel better. But Yes, but I, I was trying to interject quickly because I want to go back to what you said before. You said, why? why? Why do I need to feel this way as a result of the action or the situation or whatever? Why did I need to feel that? I think you said something along those lines. And I just want to point out, because I don't think it was clear enough, that's the self-reflection. That's what it is. Rather than going, oh, fuck them, they're a dick for doing X, Y, Z. You're going, why did I have to experience that? Why is the right question? That is the right question. So I wanted to really make that distinction because that's, if you're naturally doing that, especially in your younger years Mm -hmm. when you were in um, terrible relationship situations, 
If you are doing that naturally, well, good wiring, man. Actually, <laughs> that is one of my defaults and it's quite a heartbreaking thought uh, process to go through the why mm, I mm, personally mm. find it because you, you really have to, uh, I mean, again, you really do have to deconstruct the narratives that you have weaved in your head towards reality. Yeah. Why the fuck did it have to play out in a way that hurt me? Yeah. Because life isn't there to please you. It's there. So you can self-reflect and so you can choose your own path through other people's narratives too Mm. where you can keep coming back to your own because getting lost in someone else's story isn't always going to be super interesting sometimes it will hurt so that you can come back to tending to yourself tending to yourself i believe the healthy way to do that is to reframe why is this happening to me to why is this happening for me yeah I love so seeing the situation as this is there to teach me X, Y, Z. And then you know what? These things are fucking blessings you should be thankful for. It's been coming up for me time and time again. That's what I keep doing. Okay, cool. What's the lesson? All right, Bless- sweet as what's the it. lesson? That's exactly. So you've, you've even stopped feeling shit for days or weeks or months at a time. And you've gone, okay, cool. I get the whole cycle thing. I'm going to bypass that crap. I'm going to not feel and hate my feel crap and hate myself for two months. Let's go straight to the lesson so that I can make sure this doesn't happen again. And that's the way to do it. Literally a few (laughs) days ago, it was like, wow. Okay. Yesterday was a shitty day. A lot of it sucked. Let's unpack it. Let's see what there is Mm -hmm. to get from all of that. And it's really liberating. It's a really liberating process to go through because you know that there are things for you in that. Yes. And you don't, and you don't stay back there. Because you come back to the now, okay, That's what's right. there for me now? What can I take away from then that I can implement in the now mm-hmm. in order to create a better future for myself? That's it. And that's a blessing and a gift. When you really see how that evolves your soul and your emotional, um, I guess I guess it feeds you clarity and evolves your emotional maturity so much. That is, you should be thankful for that. And you know what's funny? When I typed out expectations, on my phone as a reminder of the topic we want to discuss. Genuinely, look what look at the word that went in front of it. The word said thank expectations. Now that was an autocorrect mm. mistake. But was it a mistake? Because I don't believe that happened by accident. <laughs> it's really cool because thank you expectations for showing me this side of me that again is sitting here feeling this sense of separation this divide between self and other which is honestly at the root of all shit in the world it's at the root of all evil is division not understanding that we are of the same source and i think again this sense of expectation comes back to this hierarchy where you know people say never meet your idols never meet your never meet your gurus it's because that you have this holy expectation of them in your mind and then when you meet them they never live up to that or you know with people that you know you expect them to be better but they they don't act that out but then who are we to pick and choose how other people should be how we think that they should be Especially in a moment where you're meeting them, perhaps they're swarmed by 500 people and they've already signed 10 too many autographs. And you know what I mean? Yeah. There's this sense of you owe me something. You Mm. owe me 
what I have been expecting. And, And that leads us to the, to the, next topic of conversation that we've chosen today which is this sense of self-righteousness that our expectation comes from this really deeply ingrained sense of self-righteousness and I think that this is a really interesting topic to address because when it comes to judgment it's quite it is quite obvious or it can be quite obvious that insecurity lies at the core of that. But when it comes to expectation, I think people don't like to address self-righteousness. In fact, I didn't enjoy addressing it. <laughs> Jesse really I, don't, I don't enjoy hearing about that. So definitely I'm the same. <laughs> yeah. Jesse, Jesse really had to push and prod at me. Like, why do you, why are you expecting, why do you think people should treat you? better mm. why Danica why I'm just like because mm, I fucking because uh, I'm the best and everyone should just yeah, treat me the best because uh, I'm always the best like it's a good question <laughs> why do you think you deserve better what is mm. this and and Jesse I'd love for you to talk about what is self-righteousness and what does it mean in the context of expectation and self-reflection to me it means I am right and I don't care what you think I am right. I'm going to push and prod at being right because I know that I'm right. Now, one thing that helped me, helps me overcome self-righteousness because it does get tricky sometimes is something that Ramdas said, which is, I believe his guru referred to it as the golden chain. It was the, it was the last chain that was the hardest one to break. And I recall him describing a situation, Ramdas describing a situation where he was resenting all these people and he had a different reason for everyone and he was so right about them because they were so flawed and he found himself feeling a a vast lack of peace. He was just, from what he described, worried, anxious, completely debilitated. It was annoying him. His mind was fixating and, oh my God, this person's so annoying for X, Y, Z. And you realize at some point that self-righteousness is stopping you from peace. That self-righteousness is the very barrier between you and peace. And then sometimes you just have, all the time it's better, but sometimes you just have to decide to be happy rather than right. actually right. Because mm. being right doesn't bring you peace. In fact, being right means you learnt nothing. It takes you right back to the start of this vicious cycle again where Doesn't there's that judgment. judgment. Okay, cool. I was right. You were wrong. <laughs> you know, therefore, I have tended to the part of me that is insecure because I'm afraid to not be right. And go. then I have met my own expectations of being the better person and I have <laughs> perpetuated the division between myself and other and I have fallen straight back into self-righteousness. And separation and and ego driven behavior. What a vicious cycle. That's a crazy cycle. I love how you put that together. I, I fall into that a lot, man, because uh, I think I'm top shit. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're honest. <laughs> but also, also this, this does feed the insecurity too, because it's like, bitch, you should be better. And I guess that's, but it's overcompensating. That's, yeah. It's overcompensating. And, and I mean, yeah, like o- over, that's what thinking your top shit is. It's overcompensating because you are no better than anyone else. Yes. Neither am I. And that's, that's the case. Right. Yeah. But if you go, I think I'm top shit. Well then same part of you ego going. <laughs> it's this, it's this crazy, Division. crazy jump between I'm so shit. I'm not good enough. And I think I'm top shit. It's really, really, it's an interesting type of 
manic and then slump <laughs> type of <laughs> situation. But um, I don't actually... I mean, I, I, know, I, I know. Yeah. I mean, no, I was going to say I don't actually think I'm top shit. And then I stopped myself because I do think I'm top shit. But <laughs> 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 nah, it, it's, it's, it's not cool. Um, because again, that, that separation, that division is not serving anybody. And you're not going to find peace that way because peace and transcendence and true clarity and true clear consciousness comes from a state of union, right? That's Yoga it. from like transcending the physical plane and what does the physical plane do it is a manifestation of all that is and so it distinguishes day from night light from dark big from small and it it, and and the physical plane is one of distinction so while it is so vital to interact with the things that separate us we cannot identify with the separation because that is when your self narrative and the other narrative gets totally warped and lost because you miss the essence yes oh my god and so what i would love to ask you jesse is how do you let go of the need to be right in let's give this a hypothetical example but then you can answer generally Mm. so if i know that someone else is acting shitty and that they should know better and that they have exhibited better in the past. But in this moment, they seem to have regressed in their behavior. And I am clearly responding with complete love and as much clarity as I can muster up. How can I let go of that concept of they are being shitty and I am being good? Therefore, I am doing the right thing and they are not. It would start with being honest with yourself in the need to communicate to them your experience. So if you've decided, you know what, there's no way I'm going to tell them that I think they're wrong here because who am I to say and they're not going to change and it's it's like talking to a brick wall. So if you decided that's the case, have you? In this I hypothetical mean- I want to even bypass the fact that you've decided that they are wrong. I don't even want to have to tell them that they are wrong. I just want to stop seeing it as I'm right and they're wrong altogether. Mm, I love this. One of my favorite things to do in this situation is to focus on, I believe it's called, I forget the word. It's It's like a form of Zazen, like sitting meditation where you actually focus on a concept. So you... Close your eyes, go home from the conversation, ponder it, whatever you need, go through the circle a few times if you must. But when you're ready to actually drop it, sit down, close your eyes and say to yourself, I'm going to meditate on the notion of oneness or interconnectedness or unity. Pick a word, use that concept, delve into it. And if you can focus your mind to just think about all the ways in which you are connected to everything for 45 minutes, I guarantee you next time that situation comes up, you're going to have a different perspective. What about in that moment when you don't have the 45 minutes? They're acting Do you have to react? To you now. They're acting shitty to you? Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Oh, how how you can mean. you, in that moment, does releasing that sense of but I'm right and they're wrong help liberate you from oh, the hurt yeah. that they may cause yes. by acting that way? Yes. If, if it's physical hurt or anything that's obviously different story awful different story but if it's just emotional hurt as a result of them making a bad choice and not admitting it or yada 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 whatever then 
take the rum dust technique from earlier. Before you react, just... Okay, I understand why you see it that way. And even try and do that. Even try, and even though they're wrong, try and see why they in particular would see it in that way. Because the only thing that separates you from love is understanding and appreciation. So if you can get to that place, even in that one breath, preferably, but if not, get to that place where you understand their perspective. Then you've bypassed the why. Then you can appreciate and go, it makes sense that people have those perspectives. Those perspectives would be useful in X, Y, and Z situations. So I appreciate that you think that way. And now you frame the whole situation with love and then it doesn't matter if you're right. I think you're so right. Again, I think that reflection is crucial and that we need to choose to make space for that. And that's what that breath does. It mm, creates that exactly. space for reflection. Exactly. You always have time to take a breath unless someone's swinging punches at you. Yeah. And then even then, the best martial artists create that space. Yeah, the anyway. best fighter's never angry, they say, hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... I think what's really interesting about taking that breath is that you are fucking with time because within your body, a straight, a state of stress perpetuates the cycle of aging, whereas a lack of stress doesn't. And furthermore, when you take that breath and you slow down your body, then you create that time in which you can delve into their past. Yes. What has contributed to the way that they are now? Understand and how it. can I react in a way that leads to a better future for myself That's and it. for this other person? That's and so right. in taking that breath, you're really, really exploring your control over this reality and your separation from the physical of it all you're reminding yourself that everything isn't so fixed in the way that we think it is there's so much more to this situation what are the what are the like uh, extra sensory factors at play what are the energetic factors at play you give yourself room to tap into that and be okay be like maybe okay the planets are not aligning for me right now at this point in time but they're always aligning exactly as they need to and so this situation in the way that it's playing out seems to not be bringing me peace, but I can choose to find that peace within myself exactly. so that this situation doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. That's it. So you really like the, the, what we're asking of ourselves in terms of self-reflection is so vast, but yeah. how cool to be able to explore your mind and your reality in that way. Oh and yeah. What power, Liberating. Yeah. <laughs> what power taking that breath and choosing not to be right. Or reactive. What a power that gives you yeah and just bypass reactivity yeah in saying you know what you're right because i'm right because we're all right because it is what it is it's like that picture where there's like a six on the ground and someone's saying it's a nine and someone's saying it's a six and then it's just the the caption is just because you're right doesn't mean i'm wrong actually that's something that's personally been helping me very much so with my self-righteousness where i have to keep reminding myself that in their heads with their perspective, with their awareness, with their knowing, with their experience of life, this is right to them. Who the fuck That's am I it. to come in exactly. and say your reality is wrong? Exactly. No, I don't. It's exactly. not my responsibility to change anybody else's reality. The only thing that I can do is influence my own. That's it. And that's that's all that I can work with. If they ask you your opinion or they show that they want their reality to be changed because they're uncomfortable with it or they want a different perspective, give it to them. But exactly what you said goes first and foremost. 
It is not your responsibility nor your place to actually change someone else's reality and push your perspective and opinions onto them. Even when they ask, that in itself is the biggest exhibitor of them trying to expand their consciousness. And and then especially if they're exhibiting any sense of, I am willing to have your input here, that is the last place in which you shove shit down their throat. And that's, that's also a tendency that I can fall into where somebody asks me for advice and I fuck it. Oh, well you've been blah, blah, you know, or like 10 minutes later, you've just stopped talking and it's like, Whoa, did you you get any of that? Yeah. So that's, (laughs) that's another, I mean, that's a whole other thing, I guess, but, um, same, same vein. I, think but this is this is all of this is so interesting to talk about and reflect on because this is when we can say that self-awareness and choosing a higher state of awareness is the most grueling and excruciating work that you can do because you have to sit and reflect in all of these ways and you have to experience the bullshit over and over and over and over until you start to get it right and you will probably experience more bullshit just because you've chosen to address it so that you are provided with more opportunities to, in your own eyes, for yourself and not comparing to anyone else, be better for yourself in your own reality. That's it. That's it. 